Alrighty, uh, welcome back. Another episode of Post Fades and She Stakes. You know what? I actually don't even know what this what number episode we're on, so I'll give you a surprise whenever I put it up. But okay, I'm pretty sure it's 46. I, I've actually been more on top of it now. Because 40, you know, 46 my, or 47, we're getting close to 50. That's exciting. So that is, I'm I'm excited for that one. Yeah, that'll the be draft. Right. It'll probably the draft will be right around the 51. That'll that could be that'll cool. Be, yeah, draft is like five weeks away already. It's crazy. I would say we could do something cool for the 50th, but more than likely, we'll just record a random episode. You'll think it's the wrong number, and then we'll miss our 50th altogether. And the Eagles will probably draft the quarterback. So That's true. So, Par for course. So, um, yeah. But uh, So this episode, we'll talk about our, how our brackets are doing. Um, you know, March Madness as of right now. What does the Sweet 16 look like? Um, and then a little bit of uh, NFL free agency news. Eagles signed uh, a few players since we last were on. So, um, but starting with that, um, my champion Illinois uh, hmm. are already lost. So that was no. uh, that was fantastic. Um, That's love to see that. But I'm I'm doing okay. Like as far as like my pools go, I'm still doing okay. Like. My one pool, I'm still in, I think I was in 12th out of like 60 brackets and then, or tied for 12 with like five other people. And then the other one I saw, I was like seventh. So, nice. I mean, I still got a bunch of good picks. It's just like, I mean, I have Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor still in my final four. And then I, how many, I, I had so how USC and Oregon left? in my sweet 16. So I was right on the money with that. Good stuff. How many teams do you have left in your sweet 16? I have six. So it's definitely not something to be proud of. I, I did not do great in the Sweet 16, but I have six of the 16 in there. How many How many are you looking at right now? Let me see. So I have, uh, I have Gonzaga. I have USC, Oregon, uh, Michigan, Michigan obviously. Florida State, uh, Alabama, okay. Houston. Uh, so like seven? Arkansas. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, no, never mind. I had, I had Texas Tech. I lied. Uh, um, you're full. Baylor, Villanova. So I had eight, I think. Oh, you're Villanova? Okay, so you're nine. Yeah. That's, not, that's, that's not awful. I mean, it's better, much better than mine, but I'll give you that one. Yeah, weird, weird 16. If you just look at the list of teams that are like Oral Roberts, Loyola, <laughs> like even the teams that are like the higher seeds, I guess you could say, like, you know, Arkansas is in there as a three, but they were probably the weirdest three out there. Villanova is a name, but again, I don't think anyone saw Villanova going. I had them losing to Winthrop in the first round because, you know, I just foolish. Creighton yeah. again, Creighton was the other five. Like I had both of them, Creighton and Villanova, losing, losing in the first round, and they were probably the biggest names um, that are left in the Sweet 16, you know, once you get past the first seeds. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just weird. Even like, you know, you consider Houston and uh, Alabama your two seeds. Like I was already gone with and Ohio State, which obviously went down big, goes back to my main thing, man. And I, I, I was hyping up the Big Ten so much. I, I think it had, you know, how good that conference was played into majority of my picks when I was going through my bracket. Mm -hmm. And they've got one, one of their eight teams that were in the tournament made it to the Sweet 16. Yeah, that was just ridiculous. I shocked that they went down obviously the big upsets with purdue and uh, which you know your boy called me green at ohio state in the first uh -huh. round and and then you know iowa later but you're you're michigan you know they're they're making me wait a little bit longer to get my cold frosty six-pack from you yeah the uh <laughs> it's just weird seeing like look number eight loyola chicago versus number 12 oregon state like 
what how did that like see we have two like ucla is an 11 syracuse is an 11 yeah um even have ucla winning their playing game with michigan state the first game of the you know the whole tournament and i was already wrong uh yeah yeah it was uh you know what the worst part was i had i don't remember the other two off the top of my head but i had i think it was on saturday there were three overtime games, or no, Friday. There mm-hmm. were three overtime games. All three of my teams lost those overtime games because it was Virginia Tech was the first game. Great game. Um, I remember watching. That was that was that was a heartbreaker because they I had think, that incredible shot. Did did Purdue go into overtime? I don't remember. Uh, that one I don't remember. You catch me off guard on that one. Uh, All I know is they lost in the Mean Green, and I, I you know. I didn't care how regulation over time. I picked my biggest upset of my bracket, and it hit them in Ohio. Ohio did it for me too. Yeah, I was just like, I was so annoyed because that Virginia Tech game was actually really good, and then they the fact that Florida missed the uh, they missed the foul shot, and then Virginia Tech had like one point four seconds to to flip it down the court and drain a three to go to OT was like. I was like, all right, I know. March Madness is here. Let's go. <laughs> you had all the momentum, and then it just you wanted. I feel like everyone watching that game instantly was rooting for Virginia Tech in that moment after they yeah. kicked it to overtime like that. Uh, it's, it's tough break though. Florida State looks, looks legit. You know, I, I I like that going into the uh, the Sweet Sixteen. What are your what are the matchups you're favoring the most or most interested in seeing? Because I think Michigan and Florida State is near the top of my list. Obviously, I had Michigan losing to LSU. And I will say, of that day, Michigan and LSU was by far the closest game. Every other game was a complete blowout. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll take that as like a half a win. But Michigan, Florida State, I think is probably the, the best combined matchup out of anyone in the Sweet 16. Those two teams, I think, are the best playing each other right now. Yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to look real quick. I think Alabama is like – I mean, they Good almost team. put up 100 on Maryland. Um, Good team. Yeah, they're playing really well. Gonzaga's proven me to look like an idiot because I they're they're playing pretty I, strong. Like they've started slow in both games and then just exploded. This is um, what I can't believe when we were talking about this. It was like, do you watch this team? Like, I think there was only one game that it went by double digits. Like they are so clearly better than everyone else, and it's just been obvious all year. Like I said, I had uh, so I got USC Oregon correct in my Sweet Sixteen. And then I had USC winning to play Gonzaga in the lead eight and then had Gonzaga winning. But if Gonzaga is going to lose at any point, I would love for them to lose to USC. Cause I think, I mean, USC beat Kansas by almost 40. Oh, like, that was, yeah, that was ugly. I, 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 listen, I picked, I had USC over Kansas in my bracket. I was still stunned watching that game, how ugly that was. Yeah. But I mean, Gonzaga and USC would be a nice match. It would be a top three uh, draft prospect match, in my opinion. Jalen Suggs and Mobley going against each other. Oh, yeah. The Mobley brothers are really fun to watch. They are. They're very, very fun to watch. That's why, I mean, I remember even when we were talking about this, and I was like, you know, obviously had Iowa beating Oregon. And like, I know guards is great, but those two are legit, and they're big. I, I, Evan Mobley's in my running for number one overall pick. I know everyone wants to give it to Cunningham already, even though he just got eliminated. Yeah. Um, but – it's going to be a good matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Going back to the Gonzaga and USC, how about the fact that Big Ten stinks, completely dropped the ball after being the best conference all year, and now you're looking at the Pac-12 have four of their five teams in the Sweet 16. 
Unreal. Yeah. You got you, you, and it's not even the teams you'd expect. Obviously, you know, everyone isn't surprised by Gonzaga, but Oregon, they didn't even play their first round. They, you know, had a COVID pass. Yeah, they got a Oregon, free. Oregon State, Oregon State, I don't even think had a winning record. They just managed <laughs> to win their tournament. Yeah. Um, trying to think of blanking on the, oh, Colorado, I think was the only Pac 12 team to actually lose and not mm-hmm. be in, the, and they're, I think, the highest ranked seed out of any of them. Yeah, it's that's the see. What's funny was I was I was saying this to a friend yesterday. I was like, you know, I you know, truthfully didn't watch a ton of college basketball. Like sure, when you year. like, I would watch a couple of games here and there. Yeah. But you know, I didn't really know how good some of these teams were. And then, you know, when you when I filled out my, when I filled out my bracket, I was like, I mean, like we said last week, it's, it was pretty chalked. Like you looked at it, and it was very top heavy with like a lot of number ones and twos, like being deep in it. And that's just how it felt it was going to go. And it's been like the complete opposite. Like, I'm not surprised because this is how it always goes with March Menace. It's everything's up in the air, but mm-hmm. the fact that we still have, you know, two 11 seeds, a 12th seed, a 15 seed, like, and don't forget about Oral Roberts. The most yeah. ridiculous name I, I have ever heard. Oral Roberts sounds like a sex position or one of those like dirty, like jokes that someone tells you to Google and, you know, it turns out to be horrific. I saw it doesn't on, sound like a college. I saw uh, as soon as they won against Florida, someone tweeted in all capitals, I love oral. And just it was getting blasted on like everyone was retweeting it and liking it. It was it was hilarious. But. I mean, all right, so hold on. Just pre in before the season starts, preseason, before the whole college basketball season starts, if I'm telling you that there's gonna be a sweet 16 matchup between Oregon State and Loyola Chicago, and then Oral Roberts in Arkansas. Like, I, I, if I, I even told you before the tournament, I don't think you'd believe me. It's just, it, it's weird to see these teams. You know, UCLA was in the first, you know, the first four the playing games, and they came yeah. all the way back. Um, I, it's been a good tournament though. A lot of good games. I oh, loved been, it. Yeah. I missed it. We we missed the year last year, but you know, I was out. Um, Watched it all day Saturday. Had every TV in front of me. I've caught the late games. I love that it's just nonstop beginning then. I'll, I'll watch the games before I go to work, go to work, catch the games when I come back. And it is beautiful. It's definitely been two years in the making, and I missed it so much. So, obviously, you know, you didn't do too hot, but we'll let you have a shot of redemption. Going in, Elite Eight. What are we thinking? Um, Gonzaga and Creighton, give me your predictions. Obviously, you know where I'm going. I'm not going to waste your time. Well, I bet on ohio to win and they failed me because i didn't believe in creighton wait what did what did you bet ohio to win what the, the region no just their game against against creighton. oh against i okay yeah i had a four okay. game parlay and i won i had oregon winning so that was the first one good and then i was like all right the mean greens like they're gonna do something against creighton Creighton didn't look great against ucsb sure, so yeah. i was like i didn't i could have i could have uh could have pulled out and saved I, I would have had double i only bet like 20 bucks but i could have pulled out at 60 when oregon ended and i was like ah it'll be fine and then oh. they got blown out it's like fuck but Greedy. no yeah gonzaga scored i mean they scored 98 in the first game and then 87 and that i like crane's not gonna be able to keep up so i would say gonzaga i agree with you there now this is i, I told you the michigan florida state is probably my most anticipated matchup this is probably second you're talking about two teams probably coming off the most impressive performances of the entire tournament. The way yeah. that USC just waxed Kansas and then Oregon just, oh my, 
I don't I forget the final score of that game, but Oregon must have come close if they didn't hit 100 points against uh, Iowa in a college basketball game, which is just absurd. I think Luca Garza had 38 points and they lost. Mm-hmm. And considering this team didn't play in the first week with VCU uh, having a forfeit, like I was shocked that Oregon just came out and just dominated. What were you thinking there? I mean, I had Michigan in my championship game, so I'll roll with Michigan. Okay, well, I meant USC or Oregon, but, you know, I appreciate oh, you. Oh, you, you talked about Michigan, Florida State for a second, and I was okay, – well, I'm going to need you guys to keep up. You know, Again, we're, we're moving at a top-notch speed here. we got things to get through. The whole well, I'm not, I'm not looking at your face. I'm looking at the, my computer screen that has uh, the bracket up. But Oh, it's a shame. Your view would be much better for everyone. I'm included. sure, I'm sure. Yeah. But so uh, go, no, go ahead, I, whatever order you like. The same, it's the same thing. I would, I'm going to stick with USC. I had them in my Elite Eight. Not going to back out now. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I mean, like I said, Oregon scored 95. So, that's what, yeah, that was that. That's a hell of a score in the college basketball game. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Oregon, I think, surprised everyone with the Iowa game, but I would be shocked if USC uh, let them yeah. come out and just run and gun against them. USC's, like uh, USC's churning, so I, I like their odds. Yeah, they look good, man. That Evan Mobley kid. I'm telling you, I like Jalen. I know Kate Cunningham's awesome, but I love Jalen Suggs a lot, and Evan Mobley's looked great in the tournament. If they, you know, they're going to eventually would have to play each other in the lead eight if they both keep advancing. But, man, they could definitely, you know, draft positions could come up now and see what happens. You know, they keep on going. Someone makes a late run, brings their team, carries them, puts up a couple big moments in uh, some uh, championship games, see what happens. But I'm going to take USC as well, so. Fair enough. Uh, you you already obviously won Michigan. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping, so I'm, I'm going Michigan over Florida State. I'm still planning on getting a six pack out of you, so I'm going to Florida State. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Florida State's played well. Um, good team. Uh, They're a good team. Yeah, scrappy. Uh, this one's interesting. Alabama and UCLA. Um, Alabama is a very strange team to watch. Like, I mean, they scored 96 against Maryland, but. I feel like they're like, it's just all fast breaks for them. Like they are, they were flying down the court, like each side trying to score within like seconds of getting possession. Yeah. So. I mean, good, good style. I, you know what? Maryland, I, I liked Maryland uh-huh. um, coming into it. I didn't like their matchup. Um, uh, Who did they play in the first UConn. round? UConn. Yeah. I thought, I, I, yeah. No, I, I, I didn't. I liked them, but I kind of liked UConn a little bit more. But Maryland plays defense. It's not the defense to be worried about. Try to. <laughs> Alabama just went and just scored ninety-eight points against a very tough defense, and that was impressive. So I'm I'm a ride with the uh, Nick Saban University uh, Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Um, I know you you were riding the uh, West Virginia wave, if I remember I was, correctly. And that didn't work out. For um, me. I had so I had Rutgers versus Houston in my run of 32 and I had Houston advancing. Um, And then I had Syracuse versus West Virginia, but I did not expect Syracuse to win. So that was kind of shocking. Um, But I, I don't, this one's actually, I would not be surprised if Syracuse won, but I think Houston, um, I think they'll, they'll pull it out in another close game. It's because they didn't, they struggled with Rutgers a little bit. So yeah, Rutgers. I mean, well, I, I didn't think Rutgers was a bad team. You know, we're going back to the Big Ten though, and they all just decided to forget how to play basketball going at the tournament. Yeah, I, I like Syracuse. I think Houston's better though. Um, 
question here, though, is if Buddy Bohan goes on a little run here, say Final Four run, is he the best coach's son in modern college basketball? I mean, basically his competition is Doug McDermott at this point. Yeah. But Doug McDermott, you know, he, he had some good seasons, set some records, broke, you know, all this nonsense. But I don't remember ever going to the Final Four. I barely even remember him going to the Elite Eight. If Buddy Bohan could put the little, you know, little traction to the ground, get a little run going, dad's a Hall of Fame coach. The team's mm-hmm. not awful. They're going to run their 2-3 zone. It's amazing that it's so complicated for other teams to figure out. Um, but if Bohan goes on a little run here, I think Buddy takes the title of the best coach's son in the last, you know, modern era of college basketball. Yeah, I could see it. With that said, I'm going Houston. Screw Bohan. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I uh, – it's a tempting upset, but I think Houston will get it done. Um, and then to finish out that bottom half, so the other Midwest is Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State – um, I'm just gonna ride with it's what Sister Jean, right? Sister Jean, and ride with Sister Jean, Loyola, Chicago, because they were in the Final Four like a little while ago, weren't they? Yeah, the the last think, March Madness. Yeah, was last thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So this is nothing new for them. It's it's amazing that you know this this team is doing this again. Um, but yeah, I mean they got Sister Jean going. Oregon State, you know, they've had a good run, but they're a 12-seed Oregon State team, and I believe they were under 500. They're not that great. That's a great 16, uh, sweet 16 matchup for Loyola to keep it going. Yeah. So I'm going to go Loyola. I was also an altar server younger. That's how oh. I uh, – me and God are boys. So oh, I get away okay. with my shenanigans for that. So I feel like he'd be pretty upset if I went against Sister Jean. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not trying to burn any bridges. Damn. So we're going Sister Jean all the way. Look at you. That's a halo floating on me. Would you think that was just background light? Yeah. Oh, uh, those weren't devil horns. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think. I think. Uh. So okay. How realistically is Oral Roberts' chances against Arkansas? You know, I. It's tough to say because you know I would have definitely said Ohio State was a better team than Arkansas. Right. I don't think Arkansas is a bad team. I, I think they're pretty good. But they're, they're not, like, exciting. I don't know. I mean, they did score 85 against Colgate, which is a toothpaste brand. But I that, mean, That's what you're using for your argument here? And then oh, I thought they, Texas Tech was going to upset Arkansas, but. I mean, that was a close game. That was a good game because Arkansas only beat them by two. And Texas Tech's not a bad team. Actually, I had – now I'm looking at my bracket again. I had Colgate beating Arkansas in the first round yeah. anyway, so. How did you forget that? That was your oh, you know what? sponsor. You know what? I'm going to roll in the tables. Let's give Oral Roberts into the uh, Elite Eight. See, you know, I, I always think with the 15 seeds, it's t- well, the only one I can ever think back to is um, I remember, so low-key, the best live event for sports ever to go to is a March Madness game. Why? Because you get two with one. I remember I went to one in the Wells Fargo Arena when they were doing the sites. Yeah, and it was possibly the greatest two team or two game ticket you could ever get. So the first one was Florida Gulf Coast, Lob City, mm-hmm. the last 15 seed to go to a Sweet 16, beating San Diego State. So this was what got them into the Sweet 16. Okay, so that was history in front of my eyes. You know, when it's in the textbooks for my children, I'm going to tell them I was there. Right. The second game, because you get a doubleheader. You know, they're quick. They do back to backs right in one arena. Mm-hmm. Was 
the, uh, you know, previously mentioned coach's son, Dougie McBuckets and Creighton versus the biggest name in college basketball, Duke basketball and Coach K. It was a nice, it was a cute little David the Goliath story, you know, Doug McDermott, great college basketball player against the best college basketball team or university ever. I don't even remember, I don't even remember who really was on that Duke team. I think one of the Plumlees were. All I remember is Dougie Buggets because I was big on Creighton that day. But, uh, you know, that was the last, that was the last 15 team to go to the Sweet 16. Great experience, by the way, seeing them beat San Diego State and that, that stadium was hype for them. But it's that layoff. You pay back-to-back games, you get to the Sweet 16, then you have this point where, you know, people like me and Dakota are going to podcast and talk about your team and get hyped up and excited. Yeah. And then you come back crashing earth a little bit and Florida Gulf Coast lost the next game. I think Earl Roberts is going to lose the next game too. I think Arkansas, they, they're going to let the hype die a little bit, realize who they're playing with, not fall for any of the gimmick stuff, not make any mistakes that mm-hmm. led to the other wins for uh, Oral Roberts. And I think they pull it out. We'll see. I just kind of based it off of, I didn't believe in Arkansas in the beginning. So give, uh, you, and, and I've been picking, I think the favorites and all the other ones. So that'll I'm be sorry, my you, upset. Did you believe in Oral Roberts in the beginning? Uh, no, I had Ohio State. I had Ohio State versus Texas Tech in my Sweet 16. So yeah. shows what I, I Sounds like you're the wrong person to ask. I but, so. you know, moving on. Um, yeah. Our last game, Baylor versus uh, Villanova. Uh, wait, let's see. So that's on the 27th. And today is the 23rd. So was that Friday or Saturday? Am I stupid? I mean, I didn't say it. Um, I, I like Baylor. I I always said, you know, obviously I've been on the uh, the Gonzaga hype for a little bit, and I thought all year it's been Gonzaga and Baylor and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, obviously I killed Villanova and had them losing two Winthrop. They've played with some, you know, good basketball. I've been very impressed. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I thought that Villanova wouldn't be able to keep going without their best player. I think yeah. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is probably their best player. I think Gillette, uh, Giuseppe was very important. He was the spirit and everything. But Villanova's looked good in the first co- in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take them. I think Jay Wright gets the boys excited and knocks down one of the powerhouses. There's got to be an upset somewhere in this round, and I'm going with Villanova, even wow. though I had them lose. had them lose in the first round. But you know, I'm I'm coming back. You know, take me back, baby. I, I was wrong the first time. As much as I would love to see Jay Wright lead Villanova to another Elite Eight appearance, I there's just been too much chaos. I think I think this round will kind of settle it back down, and Baylor will win this one. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I think this this one and then uh, the Michigan Florida State will be probably the closest games. So, but I'll go Baylor. Hey, you know what? Either way, we got another weekend of great college basketball, and I'm excited, baby, all day, all night. Can't stop. This is true. Um, so that's, I think, everything that we had on, I had on March Madness. Any final thoughts from you? Um, no, I mean, just, you know, watching it, you know, watching, was it, so Saturday, Friday and Saturday, I mean, going back and forth between, like, four games at a time was nuts. Beautiful, beautiful. Amazing, I loved it. I've never, I never watched true TV, but when <laughs> I, I had to Google what channel it was on because I couldn't find it. <laughs> I was going to say when it's college basketball time, I can tell you exactly what channel true TV is. Never watched any other time, but I'll, off the top of my dome, 
One last, there was one last question I wanted to ask you because obviously one of the teams got eliminated without even playing, and that's GCO. Yeah. Will there be another COVID forfeit? I hope not. Um, I feel like for the most part, everything else has been well handled. I mean, except for, you know, non-COVID related, the whole women's gym was a bit of a fiasco. Um, True, but yeah. but uh, glad they got that somewhat sorted out. But COVID-wise, yeah, no, I I think they'll be fine because you got to figure it's also less um, – like I think they're all staying there now and there's less teams. So I, I don't foresee any more issues. But, yeah, it was unfortunate because, I mean, I couldn't only imagine how the VCU players and coaches felt not being able to – you know, you played know, all mean, year for this and then. Yeah. More importantly, how does that one person or I, I'm not sure the whole story, but whoever tested positive, mm-hmm. uh, how do they feel? Yeah, you know? I, I think it was a couple people. Was it? OK, but yeah. yeah, I I also, you know, I'll be optimistic with you. I, I think VC was actually the, uh, you know, the example, you know, that everyone's going to look at them and be like, I don't want to be that team. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not even going to think about doing anything. I'm not going to leave because I feel like there was going to have to be at least one. There's going to be at least one in the tournament because, you know, if no one gets caught, then no one, you know, may, maybe the interest and the, the temptation to go out and do something when you're in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight is there, yeah. you know, celebrate a little bit. But I think that VCU doing it in the first round and getting forfeited and ultimately being eliminated without even getting a chance to play, I think that scares every team to, you know, keep it straight. So hoping, and I, I think it'll be okay. I think VCU uh, took one for the team and hopefully got everyone uh, – afraid and worried and locked in yeah um beyond that i just was so like i was blown away by how uh strange unc's performance was because they had like four starting players who were like six nine and above and they were getting out rebounded by a lot and i was i was just watching this was like why do they look so sloppy so slow like, it did not look like a UNC, you know, March Madness team. They just looked bad. Yeah. I mean, that's six. I mean, look, Kentucky and Duke didn't even make the tournament. Yeah. So, you know, the Blue Bloods are better. Kansas there, too. But, no, going back to what he said, I picked Wisconsin and mainly because I kept on reading scouting reports, and almost every single person I read had the same consensus. North Carolina is the best offensive rebounding team in the country. And I just kept on thinking, like, this, this is all everyone talks about, and this is the main thing for their team. And I get it. That's a good, you know, the best offensive rebounding team in the country or whatever. But offensive rebounding is going to win you tournament games. Like, it's right. just not a stat. That's like a ridiculous stat. Like, it's like you know, baseball. Oh, they lead the league in, you know, uh, getting hit by pitch. Or, you know, the NBA, they, get, they lead the league in continuation fouls or, you know, holding penalties or whatever in the NFL. It just seemed yeah. like a stat that I would not be boasting that hard about. Um, but I remember thinking that, and it's just like big goons that can just get rebounds. But then again, they're probably missing a lot, so it makes that easier too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for the this weekend coming up. It'll be a bunch of fun games, so should be a good time. We'll see. Um, I think it could segue into uh, you know, the last bits of the NFL free agency. Obviously, we hit it hard last week. Yeah, I think the only. I think the biggest move to come since we did the last one was the wide receiver deals. You know, Juju obviously signed the one-year deal with the Steelers, uh-huh. which I think the most surprising thing with, you know, completely biased between me and you is the Eagles were in the, you know, 
consideration. Yeah. And apparently we're throwing money and years around and. Yeah. I, I thought I heard a rumor of like, it was a couple of million more than the Steelers and like three years was the deal. But yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been like super upset, but there's bigger needs than bringing in a number two receiver. So. Yeah. I also want to get our cap situation under control, you know, I, I yeah, but listen, it's at least they're interested in winning. I think that that's yeah. the way I took that is they are interested in winning this year because let's face it. I think me and you have been both vocal about the fact that our expectations going into this year, even though it's very early in the off season is very low. And the fact that you have first round pick coming next year or a second round pick at the worst, you know, with the Wentz trade, uh-huh. um, I think it made an easy excuse to just, you know, tank on this year. But um, obviously, you know, good signing. You know, Howie also has to keep his job. So I think that's more of what it came down to. But uh, they did make some moves. Obviously, they signed the backup safety from Buccaneers. Um, and then I think the biggest move they made so far, and I, the move I love the most, was the Anthony Harris one-year deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, they also picked up uh, homeboy uh, Joe Flacco. Super Bowl winning champion Super Joe Flacco. We yeah. love Super Bowl champions, backup quarterbacks. That's what we do. He's, uh, he, he grew up an Eagles fan, so I'm sure he's happy to, you know, kind of finish out his career as a, in his home favorite home city love for his favorite team. But You know, I completely forgot about that. I, I didn't even realize that he posted something on, um, I, I think, his Instagram or whatever with him, yeah. and, you know. I thought that was so cool. I, I completely forgot about him being from the hometown, but he went to Delaware. You know, he's a Super Bowl champion. You'll never be able to take that away. He's a Super Bowl MVP, I, I, I believe, as well. Did he win MVP? Uh, you know what? Was that, the, was that the, the blackout Super Bowl? It was the blackout the Super brother, Bowl. The brother versus brother Super Bowl coaches. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The just, yep, there you go. He was the Super Bowl MVP. How was he? Wow. That's what the Eagles love. We have Super Bowl MVPs as our backup quarterback, just so that the, you know, the people doing podcasts and sports talk radio have something to constantly talk about all the time. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like the move. I, you needed a backup quarterback. I know you love Nate Sudfeld, but I think all of us realize that when you, <laughs> when you go out there and intentionally lose and everyone knows you intentionally lose with this guy, yeah, you're never recovering from that. It's like – you know what that was? You know what that equates to? Nathan Peterman's five interceptions in the half or in a game or whatever it was. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter it was... what he's going to do, but he's always going to get remembered for that. Like, what was that, three years ago? And still, that's what we talk about. He's on a different team. Nate Sudfeld will I... always be the guy that his coach put him in there to intentionally lose the game. I've seen Nathan Peterman make more interceptions than I have completions. I've seen Nate Sudfeld intentionally lose more games than I've seen him win. Fair enough. Um but I do, uh, to your point earlier, I do really like the Anthony Harris pick. Um, I know when we talked about our top 10 safeties um, back in the, you know, the summertime, he was definitely, I don't remember if he was in, he might not have been in my top 10. I don't, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but. I believe I, I had him in my top he's, 10. I he's for sure, um, one healthy, a top, I would say top 12 safety um yeah so it's definitely great to have i think him and uh mcleod is going to be a nice tandem because mcleod is a little bit more of that he's not he's not a malcolm jenkins type but he's more of the um you know run stopping safety like can can pull back and cover whereas harris is the playmaker so 
I think it'll I think it'll work well. And they both went to the same college. Um, I forget which one it was. Really? Yeah, Harris. Virginia. Came, Harris Virginia? was a, It might have been Virginia. Yeah. Well, that's where Harris went. Yeah. So then McLeod went to the University of Virginia too. But hey, look at you educating the people. Is this your free masterclass? About time we got. Of course. Yeah. From you. So Harris was a fresh. Well, I was listening to his press conference this morning, but Harris was a a freshman when McLeod was a senior. So. I like that. So, I mean, two things I immediately thought of with the Harris signing was, well, one, now that Jalen Mills is gone, you know, he's an immediate upgrade over Jalen Mills. Like, yeah. I don't care if he had a bad year last year. I, I don't care what he's going to do this year. He's an immediate upgrade over Jalen Mills. Two, it's a one-year deal. Obviously, he paid on the tag last year with the Vikings, um, coming off a season, a season where he led the league in interceptions, which mm-hmm. I find incredibly impressive. Um, he even had three interceptions the year before. So it goes back to, or the year before his um, league leading uh, year. So it goes back to your point that he is a playmaker. Yeah. Um, played on the franchise tag. Didn't have a great year interse- interception wise, but the Vikings also didn't have a great year in general. No. I think the fact that they had those rookie corners out there, Gladney, and I don't remember the other guy's name uh, after they let Xavier Rhodes walk, really yeah, hurt them. You know, they were playing a bunch of young guys at corner and, you know, that didn't, yeah, when when the corners are constantly at beat, it's hard for the safety to go get an interception. But one thing that jumped out to me and that made me excited, beyond the fact that maybe this is just a one-year rental where, you know, at worst, it's a one-year thing where he's just trying to try out for his next contract. Why not him try it out on our team? You know, why yes. not let him have a great year, crashing on a big deal, whether with the Eagles or not, why not just reap the benefits of having a great contract year? Um, he had... 104 tackles last year that was you know his career high was 60 the year before like that's a lot i i know he had no interceptions but you're talking about a safety that in 2019 led the league in interceptions with six and then the next year followed it up with a career high 100 plus tackles yeah baker had 100 plus tackles and he got a massive extension Uh so the fact that this guy's still on a one-year prove-it deal let's go I, i love it versatile I'm not yeah, worried I, about his the off production from the year before. I think he's going to be good. Yeah, no, I, I was surprised that there weren't more. I like thought for sure he was going to get a big deal with uh, with any team, like Vikings were going to bring back or something. But I couldn't believe we got him on a one-year deal. I was like, it, one year, like five million. I was like, that's a good job, Howie. Good job. Because, yeah, that's a, like, don't get me wrong. I, I think he's going to be playing on a contract year. He's going to be trying out just like he did this year, and it didn't really work out for him. He's going to be trying out for the next contract. Yeah. But it just blew me away that this guy signed a one-year deal with the Eagles, like you figure he would just go to a contender right away. Why well, not? Why not go play with the Chiefs or the Bills or something? Go deep in the playoffs, maybe make a Super Bowl run, and then try to catch him. But hey, I, I like it. I think I think the McLeod thing helps because he's friends with McLeod, and then also um, Gannon, our new defensive coordinator, was his position coach in Minnesota a couple years ago when he had which, that yeah. great when he had that great interception year. So I think that definitely played a factor in it too, but uh, I, I liked it. I love it. You know, a guy that understands the defense coordinator already, you know, that also shows it. it's almost, I always thought to the fault, like Doug almost rose the ranks too quick. You know, he went from back quarterback, obviously got in with Reed and like kind of made the jump to head coaching so quick. It's like, he didn't really know anyone. Like he hasn't been on staff. He doesn't know people. So when he goes to tell Lori, I'm bringing back all the same assistants I had the year before and promoting them. Like, who is he going to go out and get? Like, he doesn't really know anyone that well. 
to the same point with players. New defense coordinator. He's coming into a new system. He went out, made some calls to the guys that he knows, and he got a pretty big accomplished guy to come and buy into a system. He's like, I want to go play for you again. That makes that makes me feel good, you know. It makes me feel like he's got you know a player's approval on this uh, defense coordinator. Otherwise, you know he wouldn't be back. Yeah. Um, some other non-Eagles signings. I was really surprised that uh, Galladay signed with the Giants, um, and then they also the Giants also took Adoree Jackson too. They gave him a yeah. lot of money. They did. I thought that was an overpay. I yeah. I mean. The Galladay thing, when you mentioned, I think you mentioned last time we were doing this, that it was between the Giants and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And that sounded just like he just wanted the most money. And, you know, he got a good contract. Good for him. You know, yeah. I still, he was a top 10 wide receiver in my rankings when we did him. Um, I think he's a number one wide receiver. I just thought it was surprising that he went from one dumpster fire to another dumpster fire. I know you got money, but you know don't you want to win a little bit but when you when you told me last week that it was between the Bengals and Giants I figured that this guy just wanted money so you know good for you know the Giants win got him good good move I think it's a good move for Jones Daniel Jones he's gotta he's gotta make a step forward this year though uh I'll give you a uh I'll give you a a master class fun fact you ready for this one please go ahead I'm eager uh so in 1994 I'm sorry hold on the master class is going fast. that far. What? Look at you. All right, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. 1994, the year you were born. Great things happened in 94. <laughs> I'm a 93 baby, so I beg to differ. But um, so 94, Robert Kraft purchased the New England Patriots for, uh, it was like 100, 172 million. Um, and that was the highest price for a professional team, like at that time. Uh, this past week, so I think it, I think it was combining current players they've re-signed and then all the players that they went out and signed during the past week. Uh, they've guaranteed to I think sixteen to nineteen players, one hundred and sixty-two point five million. So they almost spent as much in a week of free agency as they did for the team back twenty plus years ago. It's kind of wild to see how money values changed, but especially in a COVID year where the salary cap goes down. Well, that's the one thing that I've been seeing is a lot of, a lot of, we're getting a lot of one year contracts and it's because players I think are hoping to cash. It's a combination of players wanting to cash in next year when there's more money. And then also like teams trying to save money. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense on both ends, but obviously Going back, I'm sure you heard about the TV deals that NFL struck up, you know, with Amazon for mm-hmm. Thursday night. ESPN's getting, ESPN's getting a Super Bowl or two Super Bowls, I believe. Um, hmm. I hope they uh, figure out their Monday night booth because I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest fan of the greasy Reddick. And who, who does, who's on the sideline now? The Booger. Yeah, I yeah. don't give me a Super Bowl with those three. Like, I, I like ESPN. Um, I think it's a good move. I think ESPN's obviously a leader. I thought the same thing. ESPN got hockey back, which oh. I think is great. Um, but they are they are by far the worst commentary crew. Like Fox, CBS, NBC, all of them are better. Yeah, you know i I actually like like Troy Aikman, Joe Buck. I think they work well. Of course. Yeah. Um, and i I love Al Michaels. Like love Al Michaels. Put him with I anybody. Don't... I don't even mind Collinsworth. Obviously, I like 
I don't mind him. He, he's a buffoon. Whenever I, you know, the monthly re- rewatch I have of the Super 52, uh, yeah. Super Bowl 52 highlights, you know, we've got to, you know, keep it fresh in my mind. Of course. And I, I listen to him argue over, you know, the fact that Ertz and Clement aren't catch. Like, I watch that frequently, and I still don't hate him. Like, I, you know, something about it, something about his voice, I think. His, his opinion and what he says, I never really agree with. It's, his voice is comforting. It's because you know when you hear his voice, you're watching football. That's true. And there's something about arguing with Chris Collinsworth that, you know, it just makes football feel right. Like, yeah. I can't agree with him. It's, I, I'm yelling at my TV because Collinsworth is, you know, an idiot or going against with what I'm saying, and it makes me feel at home, and I feel warm on my side. Yeah, I, I I miss the uh, the Mike Tirico ESPN Monday Night Football games like With Gruden. Was, yeah, Gruden is uh, Gruden Rico and Gruden, Gruden were a great duo. Great, great duo. I love even though the CBS duo of um, what's his face Nance and uh, Romo, I still think is better than Monday Night Crew as well. I like Romo. I didn't think I would like Romo. Romo's, but I, I do enjoy him. I, I like I like his excitement and his enthusiasm. See, I don't. I went into Romo thinking I'm going to hate him just because it's Romo. Romo. But I, I kind of like the the education thing because like, there is some stuff yeah. that he points out. I, I don't care how much you know about football. Like there is some stuff an NFL, a former NFL quarterback tells you that you didn't see before. And I don't oh, know. It brings sure. another yeah, no, element he, to it. He's definitely said things that I you know didn't realize or didn't pick up before, but it's just some of the more obvious things because I feel like he he tries to depict every single like what happens in every single play he does okay that i'd rather like him like too much yeah it's a little it's a little overwhelming i feel like okay i i I agree with you on that one because i feel like when he started it was like amazing like he was oh yeah everyone thought it was like yeah he was predicting the plays or whatever you know he's gonna run this ball and he just knew right away and like you know that was cute and all and then like there would be teams in like you know 12 i back 12 set and like he's like oh here comes a halfback dive on third and one Really, yeah. Tono? What gave it away? Oh, the fact that the fullback was the only one in the backfield. No, yeah, but... I for for being uh, as as anti cowboy as I could possibly be, I, uh, I I like I like Romo. I think he does a good job. No, yeah, I, going back to the point, this is ESPN is like by far the worst commentator. So yeah, I don't even think it's close. Like I, I would probably say that the Romo Nats team is my third, and I don't even think it's close to um to the, the drop off to fourth fox fox has a uh, quite a few um good like here like daryl johnston i have always been a fan of him he's like it's like kind of watching with like uh, like an like a uncle or like an older older friend like he's just a casual guy you know played the game knows what he's talking about yeah i agree the only thing that sucks about the fox games is i can't watch a fox game between the cowboys and eagles like they just of all cowboys and i know romo's just yeah. bad but like you know, I I don't want to hear Daryl Johnson or Troy Clay Aikman's Man. not. He's not a biased at all, though. Like I've I've rarely. It doesn't, like it Michael doesn't matter. I just look at him and I can see the star. When it's Cowboys versus Eagle, I hear his voice and I just think of the star and it just it's like it's like the rally crawl uh, call for the enemy. Do you ever do you ever watch NFL Network and Michael Irving like always? Like he's gotten better, but he always always is on the Cowboys side and always. I, just, yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. It's like, I'll listen. So I listen to Pat Maxey a lot. Like, cause he's, I, I can't, I can't say he's the best like guy, but he gets incredible interviews. And oh, yeah. I find it entertaining, but he loves the Colts. Like, you know, well, he he's was a punter. With punter the Colts, so. <laughs> and I agree, but I kind of like that. I kind of like that they have their own team. They oh, root the for. 
obviously I'll never I'll never get behind anyone that roots for the Cowboys, but I kind of like when they they have their team and like you know it gives a little more juice to it. Uh, my favorite thing ever is when Stephen A is just the biggest cowboy hater ever I like, it's like the it. opposite yeah it's great like i like I that that analysts and commentators like that have their favorite team and like i can feel their emotion like you know you get into it with them like you feel like they're invested in the game you know I, I, i'm always a sucker for it that's why i think i kind of like romo and i think i'm kind of i'm gonna like breeze too now that breeze hung it up i think he's gonna be a very good announcer well after seeing what happened with jason witten i'm, I'm gonna hold my pump the brakes okay. on drew breeze i'm not gonna jump the gun and say he's going to be a good commentator so okay all right let's first off nfl tight end or hall of fame quarterback do you know how i, many I agree Drew i agree done? but i like jason win like i always you know he's one of the yeah, few that, cowboys i respected so how many times is anyone trying to interview the tight end tony gonzalez i i don't even care who it is tony gonzalez never got interviewed nearly as much as drew Brees. fair fair yeah uh what one last thing on your uh your point of the pat of pat mcafee he had i don't know if you saw he had carson wentz on this week um, i did yeah i did i will say carson is, has talked to the media and interviewed more in this past week than he has in the past six months um and my biggest takeaway of it is that he's he looks like he's the happy carson yeah so, you know it hurts to see him you know gonna suit up in a number two colts jersey but you know I, i'm glad we're moving on I mean, not glad, but I'm more relieved that we're moving on. Uh, both teams getting fresh starts. So, I, I mean, if you, if you got the chance to listen to that or not. I, I, I did listen to the interview I, again, and the guy's always going to talk after he gets what he wants. You know, now yeah. these trades are going to say yes. that's when you're going to hear from. I mean, you know, we're closing the book. The book's already closed, but what, it, what the biggest takeaway from what I'm hearing from these stories and everything is like, these like these three Howie, Doug, and Carson just really just didn't know each other. Like they weren't really like they didn't know each other on a personal level. Like Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid is the perfect dynamic. Like I feel like they really know each other well. They care about each other. You know their personal lives matter. You know, I just feel like Doug, Howie, and Carson were probably guys that walked through the complex and passed in the hallway and said, "Hey, what's up?" And that was it. Like, you know, it, it goes back to like, you know. Carson really didn't have this desire to compete when you drafted Hertz. Then Doug never even tells him when he's going to bench him. And then like, you know, then how he's out there lying in the interview saying he's not going to trade him. And then he fires Doug. And then you think, Oh, Wentz is going to want to stay. We hired his boy from the Colts. And like, he had no interest. It was like, he was set. Yeah. He was already it set. It just seems more and more that these guys just had no idea who each other were, how to work with each other. And it just amazes me. I, I, I don't, I really don't know how this whole thing fell apart so badly. Maybe it's the fact that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl and it was, you know, someone else in Carson's spot, but I still find it hard to believe they couldn't make up and get over this. But, you know, now that the interviews you're seeing, you know, Wentz saying how, how much he hated the situation. You're hearing the fourth, how they didn't talk Doug and Wentz for, you know, since week eight or whatever it was. It just, it seems like on the personal level, there was nothing between the three of them and it just hurt them overall. There, there's always going to be like where there's details. We're never going to like learn about this whole situation, but yeah, at the end of the day, I am a little disappointed in Carson because it does seem like he kind of. Listen, he got what he wanted. He wanted to leave after he got benched after that green Bay game. Everyone knows. But that's he, the wanted thing. To like, leave. he was saying after he got benched in green Bay, he thought maybe my time up until I was like, after one game, you think you're done in a like, 
come on. Have a little more balls than that. This comes back to, you know what? The draft picker hurts. Which makes me think there was more to it. But he, he said in the Pat McAfee, he said he was all aboard. He said whatever's going to help, you know. He said oh, because, you know, well, here, he, well, here's the thing. You know, he made the, the draft. They made the draft picker hurts. Wentz could have never seen himself being the worst quarterback in the league, you know, True. that next season. True. And I think when it comes down to it, you know what, you put the extra pressure on him and he's not a guy that was going to perform well under the pressure. And it's just, you're not knowing that. And listen, say what you want about the Packers, but they drafted Jordan Love and the Packers had a hell of a season. Aaron Rodgers won the damn MVP. You know what? He, they drafted a guy in the first round to be his replacement. And he said, fuck you, double birds up and went and won the MVP and brought him to the NFC championship game. Wentz is not that guy, but you know what? Give it to LaFleur, give it to the Packers yeah. for understanding their quarterback. The Eagles, I just, I don't think that was ever there. I don't think they knew each other. I don't think they cared to know each other. I just feel like they were completely different people. They were so disconnected and it just shocks me. Cause I feel like they grew just like apart the more they were together, which I just yeah. baffles me. So I, I, what are you going to do though? You know, we moved on. It's Hurts and Flacco, baby. Hurts well, and Flacco. Well, at least we won't be you here. Need. We won't be hearing fans call for Flacco, so that'll be good. If you could have told me when Carson Wentz signed that big extension, and this is probably, I want to say roughly around, because, you know, it's probably right around the college offseason. So everyone knew who Jalen Hurts was. It was probably yeah. when he transferred to Oklahoma. So if you told me when Wentz signed that extension that, you know, a year and a half later or two years later that our quarterbacks would be Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts, I honestly don't even know what I would think. Like, one – did Carson get hurt or something horrible go wrong? Is Jalen Hurts the greatest quarterback ever? Did Lincoln Riley just bring out a third number one overall pick? Uh-huh. And then, like, what the – Joe Flacco just seems like an ab- abnormal reference. Like, I don't even know why he's involved in this whole thing. But he is. Here he is. We love him. Yeah. He, w- he won't be wearing number five, though, because that's uh, Donovan's number, and it's a retired Eagle number. So Good for him. Good, yeah. get, get a new number on the guy. Plus, you know what? Is he going to wear number 11? That would be awkward. <laughs> you know what? I'm all for it. Joe oh. Flacco seems to have the personality. Of, you know, like, why not? I already got the Super Bowl ring. I'm Super Bowl. I'm just, I'm at that point in my career where I'm just backup quarterback, cash and checks. He, I, I could see him stepping into a, uh, you know, the legendary number seven. We have Ron Jaworski, Michael Vick, Nate Sudfeld. So. Well, Sudfeld's still on the team, you know. No, he's a free agent. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, now we have two quarterbacks. So hopefully they don't draft one, but. Wait until it's Trey Lance, Joe Flacco, and oh. Jalen Hurts. But you know what? That's all right. We'll save that for another day. We have episode yeah. 50 right around draft time. We'll have a whole shebang. Yeah. I mean, Marsh Mattis will be wrapping up. And, uh, I mean, besides baseball starting up, it's draft season, baby. So. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, wraps up on this episode. You know, had our March Madness discussion, and then obviously got into free agency. So looking forward to the rest of the Sweet Sixteen this coming up weekend, and then you know seeing which teams advance to the Elite Eight. I already lost Illinois, so can't really go any more downhill than that. But and you know, I had them in the final, so I can't really say anything. But alrighty, till we do uh, it again. All right, talk to you.